Time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Today, we're live from the sports bar at Treetops Resort. To make your golf getaway reservations and tee times, visit treetops.com or call 888-TREETOPS. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Good evening, one and all. Once again, happy to welcome you into another edition of the WJR Sportsbook. And thanks once again to Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their continued support. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I always am, really. Uh, tonight, we, I originate this broadcast from one of my favorite places in the entire universe, Treetops Resort here in beautiful Gaylord. In particular, uh, I am at the sports bar. They've got like 25 million bottles of beer, and I plan on sampling each and every one before this thing's over. Uh, There is a lot to get to. Uh, We are going to catch up with our good friend Barry Owens, the general manager here, find out what's happening at Treetops, and there is a lot going on. Meanwhile, introductions are in order, as always. Happy to introduce my partner, the one, the only, Jamie Edmonds. How are you? Hey there, Steve. I see you through modern technology. (laughs) Do you know what FOMO means? FOMO. You know, if it was uh, longer than an hour show, I'd like to take a stab at really what it means, but. (laughs) All right, I'll tell you. It's fear of missing out. And I will tell you, I have FOMO (laughs) because I am not with you up at Treetops right now. I am in Detroit. Well, and uh, I, I certainly miss you, and I know the original plan was for you and your husband, Ryan, to be here, uh, but as it turns out, uh, and this is awesome, you are with child and currently not partaking in the sport of Kings, golf. Uh, but, or the uh, 25 million bottles of beer, so I stayed home. <laughs> and I know you, and you would have been right there with me, yeah. so uh, that would have been awesome. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we are also joined by our fine producer, Mr. Nick Roddy. How are you, laddie? Hey, uh, good evening, Steve. Hey, Jamie. I thought you were going to say your most favorite place on the entire planet Earth was a sports bar, but you had to clarify that by saying treetops. So. Yeah, I've been here uh, quite a few times, and uh, there has yet to be a plaque put up in my honor, but I'm working on that. Uh Meanwhile, uh, Blake is also back at the Golden Tower. How are you, lad? I am fantastic, Steve. Just happy to see everyone. Isn't this something else? Modern technology at its best. Now, listen, me and Jeff Marsrow, our sales guy extraordinaire, we pull into treetops this morning, and it's 60 degrees. And within an hour and a half, after a little rain, uh, we're at 86 right now. 86 degrees here in beautiful Gaylord. So there's that. Now, to the subject matter at hand. Uh, We'll begin with the Tigers uh, because it was a pretty eventful weekend uh, for this team that desperately needed, Jamie, an eventful weekend. Uh, Before the 14-7 drubbing of the Texas Rangers on Saturday, The Tigers had lost six in a row. They were not in a good way. They had been outscored 43-7 in those six losses. And how about this? They had scored one run 
in their last 35 innings. And then Kerplowy, a 14-7 win Saturday, 7-3 win yesterday, all of a sudden going into the three-game series that begins in Boston right about now. They've won two straight. Huge for this ball club. Yeah, it was big. I'd maybe call it the Riley Green effect. We finally got to see this guy. It was such a shame when he, you know, hurt himself in spring training. So he's back. He looked great. Two for five, four walks, strikeout in two games. And it sort of sparked the Tigers. It also sparked his pal Spencer Torkelson. So that's all positive. But I might be overall still negative about the Tigers. Well, they're going to have to uh, do a little bit more to uh, convince the masses that they are indeed on the right track. Remember, going into that series uh, with the Rangers this past weekend, there was a players-only meeting. Uh, Now, you can say whatever you will about those. Are they beneficial? um, Do they serve any purpose whatsoever? Uh, Then you get to that Thursday night game. They open up the series against the Rangers. And Gregory Soto, the closer, Tigers up one nothing going into the bottom of the ninth. And he walks two, hits another, then gives up a bases-clearing triple. And this has been a microcosm of what this Tigers season has been all about. And it has been a great deal of disappointment for this team. That was a moment the Tigers, had they won, could have built on that. And they did not. So I would imagine inside that Tigers clubhouse Thursday night via the way they lost something else. Well, I think that's good that the Tigers players are meeting on their own and taking some ownership and trying to do something, anything to turn this thing around. I just, I don't know. I read this macro article about the Tigers and it, it was saying that they were the MLB worst between 2017 and 2021. And their winning percentage was 365. This year was supposed to be a better year. They're supposed to make the playoffs. Remember they said the rebuild's over. Their winning percentage is 394. Like, it's just more of the same. And I'm starting to be very, I don't know, disappointed. Well, they've got to produce. That's what it comes down to. And I think if you're going to take away a positive from that win yesterday, uh, Robbie Grossman goes yard, drove in four runs. Tigers beat the Rangers 7-3. Okay, Robbie Grossman contributing in that way. Uh, you could easily say, okay, he's starting to see the ball. Uh, maybe some of the other Tigers, Spencer Torkelson in particular, uh, is going to follow suit. Again, there are no guarantees. But the future for the Tigers in this 2022 season is right now. There's no doubt about that. So we'll see. If they go and they get swept by the uh, Red Sox or – Uh, maybe win one of the three, they're at a point right now to get to where they said they wanted to be before the year. You've got to win series on a very consistent basis. Right. It's not day-to-day anymore. It's you have to win series, and then you have to stack those series wins up. All right. We'll keep you posted on what goes down uh, in Boston. Uh, Meanwhile, what a U.S. Open it was at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, the young Englishman, Matt Fitzpatrick, put on a display of ball striking in a major uh, that was, quite frankly, very impressive. He uh, shoots a two-under, 68, and he finishes the tournament six-under, beating Will Zelatoris and the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, by one shot. Um, I'll tell you what. The kid hit 17 greens in regulation. 
He bogeyed 10 and 11. To have the wherewithal at his young age to keep it together and uh, figure things out, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't want it to end. I thought it was a fantastic finish. That leaderboard, the names kept changing, and it was super fun to watch. Funny story, the day before, I was flying back from South Carolina, and we had live TV on Delta. The guy next to me from Florida, my husband on my other side, we were all wearing headphones. But when some of these guys were making these shots, maybe it was an eagle or something, we all sort of screamed out, and then we thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That was a little too loud, but it was really fun to watch all weekend, I thought. Yeah, and you know, when Scotty Scheffler, again, the number one player in the world, birdies one and two, you're thinking, oh boy, he's dialed in, and uh, he would have his struggles as the round unfolded. But, you know, the great thing about sport, uh, sometimes the stories that are written inside the story, and for Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, you're talking about winning a major, his first, on the same course where he took the U.S. Amateur just nine years earlier. And the chances of that astronomical because history shows that Jack Nicklaus, the great Jack Nicklaus, the last player to do it, he won the U.S. Open and the Amateur at Pebble Beach in 1961 and 1972. I mean, you, you won't bet against whether or not it happens again, but that's a hell of a story. I like that story. And I think I like this kid. I like his family. They had the mom and the brother out, you know, watching him and having an emotional time. I thought that was fun. How about Will Zalatoris being a runner up at another major? (laughs) Yeah, uh, he finished second to uh, Justin Thomas, as a matter of fact, uh, at the PGA Championship. And And to Hideki Matsuyama in 2021 Masters. Yeah, well, it was Zalatoris' is, 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 is sixth top ten finish in seven majors since he made his major debut at Wingfoot, that in the 2020 U.S. Open. And the book on Will Zalatoris, apparently he is very well liked amongst the PGA Tour players, and they're all saying it's only a matter of time before he wins not only a major, uh, but lots and lots of tournaments. He can strike a ball. Now, that being said, the rub against him uh, has been his putting. And they mentioned it during the broadcast yesterday. And I swear, I thought that 18-footer to send us into the aggregate playoff was exactly where he wanted to put it. Yeah, and he was so close on the 18th right there. So, so close. So, I, you know, he'll win one of these times. And um, he was the cat. He looks like the caddy in what's the movie, Nick, uh, with Adam Sandler? Oh, uh, hmm. Adam Sandler Blake. golf movie. Yeah, it was uh, what you're saying. Billy Madison. The one where Bob Barker uh, beats yeah. him down. Yeah, Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. Happy oh. Gilmore. <laughs> he looks like Adam Sandler's caddy from that movie. And Adam Sandler always tweets at him about wanting yeah. him to win because of that. Uh, and we can't end this conversation without talking about that bunker shot. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and his caddy discuss it. They say, okay, three woods the call. He hooks it into the bunker. Not just a bunker. There's an island in front of his ball. They're saying two yards to the right, he'd have been done. What does he do? It's an amazing shot, 18 feet to the pin. I'll never forget that. It, it, with, with the pressure and a U.S. Open championship for this kid, 
going for your first major. To respond like that was one for the ages. I thought it was great. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, we are going to uh, take a break. Still to come, uh, we will be uh, talking about what's going down Thursday night. That would be the NBA draft. Your Detroit Pistons will be selecting number five. Uh, we're going to tap into the expertise of Mr. James Edwards, Pistons beat writer for The Athletic. That coming up at, uh, oh, 7.35-ish uh, during this edition of the Sportsbook. After the break, though, we are going to catch up with the fine general manager of Treetops Resort. Mr. Barry Owens is going to stop by and join us live as we continue with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Today, we're live from the sports bar at Treetops Resort. To make your golf getaway reservations and tee times, visit treetops.com or call 888-TREETOPS. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Welcome back in, folks. Over a period of time, I have had the distinct pleasure of coming up to Treetops Resort on numerous occasions. And uh, I have a certain fondness, uh, not only for this great, great establishment, uh, but also for the people who associate and who make their living here. Uh, Because one thing stands out. When you come up to Treetops, it is an amazing experience because, and this is just me, and I'm not polishing apples here. I don't have to do that. Uh, The people that work here take a great deal of pride in what they do. And these days, that is not easily said. So with that, Jamie, uh, we introduce the fine general manager, uh, Mr. Barry Owens. Sir? The feeling is mutual. Everything well? Yeah, everything's great. It's, uh, it's always great when, uh, when you're here uh, making sure our pizza's up to, uh, up to snuff <laughs> and our beverages are cold. Yes, I do uh, assume the quality control title when I'm here. That's for darn sure. So I got to tell you, first, you know, we do things for when we have special events like this, and they're called like a group resume. And there was a quote in it that uh, it's rumored that Mr. Courtney enjoys our pizza. So you made it into one of our group resumes. Yeah, I I do enjoy the pizza, and we'll be sampling some a little bit later on. I want to introduce you to my partner, uh, Jamie Edmonds. Uh, You know her, you love her from WDIV, and we are so happy to have her as part of the WJR Sportsbook. You guys kibitz. I've been to Tree Tops once before, and I loved it, especially Three Tops. I thought that was really fun. You know, it's funny, I, uh, I used to, many years ago, I worked at a competing property, and people used to ask me, what's the, what's the most fun you've ever had on any golf course, you know, what you've ever played? And I didn't even work here yet, and I would say three tops, because it's just, it's something so unique, and, and you literally get to walk in the footsteps of legends. Um, it's, we did an event there the other day where we actually set it up the way they played in one of the par three events, and had a sign on each hole that, you know, on this hole, you know, Phil Mickelson hit it to, you know, six foot, three inches and things like that. And, of course, we thought we were going to be way better, and we were not. We were not. <laughs> well, just the way it goes. Uh, meanwhile, when you run uh, an establishment like this, you know, it would be easy, Barry, to rest on your laurels because those who have been to treetops loved it. I've never, honestly, and I'm a golfer, 
have had a conversation with somebody who's come up here and said, eh, you know, I was expecting a little more. It has never happened. But instead of resting on your laurels, you go about your business to improve what those experience when they come here. Let's talk about these new chalets. You showed me a picture, my friend. Holy mackerel. Yeah, these are really neat. So these are some chalet units. And if you've been here before, they're they're down by a, a putting green and they're actually down by the ski hill. And um, for those people that have stayed in there before and in the past, all I can tell you is um, you just won't believe it. Um, it's, uh, it's so neat what we did. We took them out. Of, they've been out of inventory for... Um, over 18 months, we decided to take them out when the whole supply chain was going to get shortened and everything else and sure. make everything a challenge. I'm kidding. Um, but um, we spent about $2.5 million, and there's 30 bedrooms down there mixed between two- and three-bedroom units, and they're just gorgeous. And they've just started to open up, and there's a few more yet to open up, and by the beginning of August, they'll, they'll all be opened up. There's a putting green right in front of them, so you can... Uh, you know, settle up your final bets or maybe maybe lose create your, new ones lose your car or something like that out there but um but yeah it's they're they're a lot of fun and they're I, I can't wait to see people's reaction when they come up i think that's great i do a girls golf trip up north usually every fall i don't know if i'll be doing it this year i have some mm. extenuating circumstances but that sounds really fun we should rent the chalets this girls trip in 2023 yeah, it's uh, um, it, it it's gonna be perfect for those types. Where they're, uh, when they're all said and done with the final touches, you know, there'll be outdoor gas grills. If you want to, you know, grill on the uh, throw some steaks on there or whatever it might be for your group. And um, and they're also it's neat. They're ski in, ski out. So people, families that come up for the winter time, they'll be able to just kick the kids out the door and send them over to go skiing until. You know, mom and dad decide to go out and brave the elements or go up and have breakfast or, or Bloody Marys or something like that. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever the case may be. Yeah. All of the above, probably. You certainly have my attention. Yeah. Uh, during the round today uh, with Mr. Jeff Marcero, uh, we were talking about the golf carts. And when you're talking, Barry, about the elevation of the signature, the course we played today, and, of course, all the beautiful courses here at Treetops, the carts must take a beating. I mean, uh, you know, with the grades and, and, and everything else, you have taken it upon yourself to introduce brand new electric carts. Yeah, so you see them uh, right now at the Jones course, and, and Steve, you're dead on. It's, um, the elevation changes are a challenge. It's the first time electric carts have been uh, uh, at treetops in its history because uh, historically the lead core batteries were unable to uh, make it around for 36 holes and deal with the different elevation changes and um, so we have these uh, newer uh, lithium ion lithium batteries that are like what you have in your cell phone and uh, they're just wow. incredible and um, and um, our partner in that is uh, Textron uh, EasyGo um, and they're um, they're very safe, too. They have the good governors that help regenerate the batteries, and they can, you can't get too going too fast down a hill. Um, automatic braking, too. So, like, if you park on a hill and you hop out of the cart, you know, and forget to hit the brake. Which has been known to happen. Absolutely. You, it doesn't go anywhere. It just it sticks. It just stays right there. So um, we've already seen a big improvement on, in the Jones course with, uh, you know, bumps and bruises and different things like that and uh 
Um, all the other carts will come in here in the fall. And, you know, needless to say, I mean, um, we got, I don't want to say lucky, but we picked a good time to do it with gas prices doing what they're doing. So, But, you know, and that's an interesting analogy, Barry, because, you know, obviously, you know, as we're looking at $5 a gallon gas, which is something that most of us have never, ever, ever, ever seen before. Uh, and there's a big push for the big three to make the conversion to electric vehicles all the way, even beyond hybrid. Uh, does it work out from charging these electric carts? Is it just an overnight charge and they're good to go the next day, all day? So How does that work? So it's amazing, these, these new batteries, um, um, you, can, you can throw them on there for a couple hours and get 18 holes. Wow. Um, and, and you can... You know, you can do partial charges and, and different things like that. So, um, yeah, they, they easily will, you know, get charged each night and, and go through. And it's, um, you think about the energy consumption and what it t- took to charge a lead core battery uh, or a cart with lead core batteries. You can charge four carts with the ions That's compared incredible. to one cart. And it's so funny. You know, an electric car would have like 230 pounds of batteries in it. These ion batteries are like, a, they look like if you've ever been into like a server room where they have the servers, that the blade servers that go into your computer <laughs> stack or whatever. These things weigh like, I don't know what they are, like eight pounds. And it's funny now, you open up the cart, the, the seat, and you look in there, and, you know, you could put a small child in there there's so much space in there because there's no batteries anymore isn't that something yeah that's just technology now listen jamie as we uh, put together your uh, girls only trip in fall of 2023 <laughs> yeah it, let's get to planning we're, we're we're good to go and i will offer my services as a chaperone perfect <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on that putting green with some cash Boy, you were very enthused about that response. Let me just say that. Uh, Barry, we're going to check back with you in just a bit because there's uh, been somewhat of a redo with one of the historic courses here at Treetops or Tradition yeah, that you're very excited about. Yep, and it's a, Jamie, it's a pleasure. I, uh, I hope you're getting hazard pay. <laughs> and that's I can't my wait friend. to come up there yeah. and meet you and play some golf. Absolutely. We will make that happen very, very soon. All right, folks, stick around. Uh, Come Thursday night, uh, your Detroit Pistons with the fifth overall selection in the NBA draft. We'll talk about it in the moments ahead as we continue with the sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Today, we're live from the sports bar at Treetops Resort. To make your golf getaway reservations and tee times, visit treetops.com or call 888-TREETOPS. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, folks, uh, some unfinished business before we get to our next very special guest, Tigers at Fenway Pack. They are top two right now. Boston up one nothing there. Tigers, though, uh, right now, runners on first and third with one out. Certainly keep it posted. Meanwhile, Stanley Cup Finals getting underway tonight. Game three, as a matter of fact, it moves to Tampa. Probably good news for the Lightning, who find themselves down 2-0 uh, in this series. Uh, the Avs find a way to win dramatic fashion in game one. 4-3 overtime winners 
Andre Burakovsky scoring 123 into the extra session. Certainly didn't need it in game two. Uh, the Avs roll the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Lightning 7 to nothing. Jamie, one thing is clear here, and that is the speed of the Avalanche has been quite costly for the Lightning. Yeah, this seems super one-sided. I mean, the Lightning have allowed 11 goals in two games. Like, defending Stanley Cup champions just don't do that. I think they've played so many games over these past two years. They just ran into this team that, I don't know, they're a bit overmatched. Well, and the Avs, on top of the speed, they play very responsible defensively. So there's that for the Lightning. But when you're a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, I don't think you're as scared. And uh, John Cooper and the Lightning, uh, I think, are going to come out flying tonight. That's just me. Meanwhile, uh, Thursday night, we've got the NBA draft going on. Your Detroit Pistons were hoping for a better position than number five, but it is what it is. Let's talk about the possibilities, shall we? Happy to have with us the fine Pistons beat writer from the Athletic, Mr. James Edwards, not Buddha. James, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourself? Everything is well. Uh, many, James, under the impression, we'll start here, that this edition of the NBA draft is rather uh, thin. Uh, After the uh, first four, maybe five, maybe six players, uh, you go into somewhat of an abyss. Do you agree with that assessment? Uh, I mean, to an extent, I think the biggest thing here is Last year's class, I think most people felt confident that Cade, Evan Mobley, um, and even Jalen Green, to an extent, were going to be very good players. Like I don't think anybody had much question about that. Um, I think with this class, the question is, are there going to be multiple very good players? I think there will be guys who have good NBA careers, uh, but I'm not necessarily – like a lot of things have to go right for Chet Holmgren to – to reach his potential. Jabari Smith, uh, Contalo, not the most athletic guy, great ball skills, but is, he, is his lack of athleticism going to hurt him at the next level? Jaden Ivey, not a great shooter, not a great playmaker. I think there's a lot of guys that will have good NBA careers. I just wonder how many stars um, are in this draft class. And there's always going to be one or two. It just happens. It always happens to go that way. We find out later which ones rise to the top. But just looking at the surface, I don't think anybody – um, would put money on one particular guy being a, a multiple-time All-Star. Um, James, I read your articles, and I, I think your latest one or someone recent one was talking about maybe not getting the best player out there or the one with the biggest upside, but the one that will match best with Cade Cunningham. And of the four guys, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Benedict Matherin, Jaden Ivey, if they were all available, who do you think matches best with Cade? I think they all have different reasonings to match with Cade, and I think that has a large part to do with how good Cade is and just kind of his versatility as a player. I think Keegan Murray is a low-maintenance guy who, who does a lot of scoring by cutting and transition, can spot up. So uh, that works if, if Cade's going to have the ball a lot in his hands. I think Shaden Sharp is another guy potentially who, who has some star upside if things go well for him. He can shoot the ball. He can score. So if you want to put another star next to Cade, he makes sense kind of – Similarly, with Jay Nivey, add some pace and athleticism to the Pistons' backcourt, which they're lacking. Uh, even though all these guys have questions, Benedict Matherin, I think, might be the best blend. He can shoot. He's athletic. Um, I think underrated passer. So 
I think they all have certain qualities that, that mesh well uh, with Cade, but I think that's based on the Pistons getting Cade and, and kind of setting themselves up with, with that massive franchise cornerstone. James, you know, obviously uh, with Keegan Murray uh, playing in Iowa, the Big Ten, uh, get a chance to see a lot of him. And the thing that stands out to him going into this NBA draft, he is athletic. I think he's got a tremendous raw set of skills uh, that I think would easily translate to NBA success. Am I off base, or do you buy that? Should the Pistons take him at five? No, I think I think you're right. I think he has skills that, that will translate immediately, uh, but I even think he has room to grow. I mean, people talk about his age. He'll be 22 when the season starts, and they think there's not upside there, but if you, if you track his kind of trajectory, he was – not even recruited out of high school, had to go to a prep school, ended up finally getting an offer from Iowa, didn't play much his freshman year, and then was the best player in college basketball his sophomore year. So uh, despite what people say, you can still get better when you, when you, after you turn 18 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, think Kurt, I think Keegan has a lot of great qualities. Um, I understand why people might not think he's a star or has star potential, but, I mean, you need good basketball players to win games, and I think I'm most certain – um, of the guys that could be available when the Pistons pick, that he and Benedict Mather, and I feel the most comfortable, will will be very, will be pretty good NBA players for a long time at minimum. I have a question about Shaden Sharp. We were talking about this in the sports department last night for Sports Final Edition. Why didn't mm-hmm. he play at Kentucky? What happened? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. It seems like to me um, it, it, it was a decision where. He maybe felt better off that he could stay healthy and, and go to the pros. And uh, I, I don't really know about that situation. It's a good question. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams have done their due diligence in finding out, and they, I'd assume by now they have their answers. And whether or not that's concerning, uh, we'll find out depending on where he goes in the draft. But, no, that's a good question. I think it, it seems like to me there was just – Maybe it wasn't the right fit, or I don't, I don't know what went on with that situation, but I don't think it's done him any favors. James, let me ask you this. In, in your mock drafts, you've got various scenarios, and the one I'm taking a look at right now, you have Sacramento uh, taking Jaden Ivey, the fine guard out of Purdue. Again, uh, with Jaden coming out of the Big Ten, saw a lot of him. And uh, you talk about a, a, a kid who is obviously gifted, James, and you know, I think uh, watching him quite a bit, sometimes I think the problem with Jaden Ivey, he would go 100 miles an hour and go nowhere. Uh, but he's got a 35.5% catch and shoot from the beyond the arc. Hypothetically, he's available. Keegan Murray is available. Where would the Pistons go? I think that's the million-dollar question. Um, I, I know that Keegan Murray has – a lot of fans in the Pistons organization, and I know that Jaden Ivey has fans as well. Um, I think, obviously, when you look at the roster, it doesn't have a ton of athleticism. Uh, it could use another guard next to Cade, so Jaden Ivey makes sense in that regard. However, uh, I think Keegan Murray has a more translatable game. I think he's a little bit less of a work in progress, but still has room to grow as a player. And as, I, as I've touched, touched, touched on a bunch, um, you get Keegan Murray, you can trade Jeremy Grant and, and pick up an additional pick or additional player. Um, there's, there's a little bit more flexibility there. So 
Troy Weaver talks a lot about the person. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Keegan Murray. I've heard Jaden Ivey. Uh, I think teams are trying to find out if he was ultra competitive or if there was some bad body language there at Purdue. Like, I think teams spend a lot of the process trying to learn more about him. Um, I obviously don't have all the answers. Just stuff I heard that there, there was concerns about like body language and teams are trying to figure out if he's just ultra competitive or um, if there's something more there. So um, from what I know, Keegan Murray checks the – we draft the person box, but Jaden Ivey could as well as, as the Pistons do their homework and have done their homework. I just feel like Jaden Ivey's pedigree and his family means he's like destined to become a great player in the league. Like his dad <laughs> being a wide receiver and then the Ravens and his mom, all American basketball player and WNBA and his grandfather, the legend. <laughs> I just feel like he's got a pedigree. Yeah, no, he definitely does. And I, I think that obviously shows in his athleticism. Um, I, I would wonder what Michael Jordan's kids would say to that though. It didn't, it didn't trickle down. <laughs> Solid point. Uh, James, we appreciate your time. Uh, I, I, I can't let you go without putting you on the spot a little bit. What is it? With the fifth selection of the 2022 <laughs> NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select. Are you going to tell me who's off the board first, or do I just cold turkey it? Cold turkey, James. <laughs> okay. Um, Gut feel. I'm going to assume Jaden Ivey's off the board, and I go Keegan Murray. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's who I'm okay. hoping for, as a matter of fact. Uh, James, keep up the great work, and we certainly appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Have a good rest of your night. You do the same. Mr. James Edwards, uh, Pistons beat writer for The Athletic. I think he's the guy, Jamie. Yeah, I think Sacramento is going to pick up Ivey, so they'll, he'll be off the board. All right, well, we shall see again the NBA draft going down Thursday night. All right, stick around. More to discuss with our good friend, Mr. Barry Owens, the general manager of Treetops. Uh, a tremendous backdrop for the kid here tonight. Uh, lots of things going on. We'll catch up with all of those and present them to you as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Today, we're live from the sports bar at Treetops Resort. To make your golf getaway reservations and tee times, visit treetops.com or call 888-TREETOPS. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, here we go. Your Tigers and the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Pack. They are tied 1-1 going into the top of the third. Spencer Torkelson with a sacrifice fly. Who did he score? That would be Riley Green, who got yet another walk. Uh, meanwhile, always happy to be here at Treetops Resort because uh, it's a very special place. Joining us once again, uh, the fine general manager, Mr. Barry Owens. Sir, you have a hell of an office to come to every day. It's uh, it's pretty special. It, uh you know, I, uh, I pinch myself oftentimes, you know, it's uh, at the end of the day, there's still things that, you know, it's, it's still work at times, but um, I'm not making widgets on a factory floor. So it's pretty cool. Well, what you are uh, making memories for a lot of folks that come out yes. and play some golf. And uh, when they get up here, uh, you are very excited about the renovations to uh, one of the uh, one of the longer standing courses, the tradition. 
Yeah, it's um, so tradition. Uh, uh, 25 years old, um, and it's you know it was originally uh, uh, um, when it was done, designed by Rick Smith. It was a throwback. You know, it's got uh, um, it was designed to be able to do walking, um, more of an inland link style type golf course. And over time, you know, we got away from that. Um, and it's it's funny that golf course. Some of my favorite holes are on there, but it's tough because it competes against the, these other courses here <laughs> that have this incredible elevation change. And so we've been talking about this for a few years. And um, so we went in this past winter and took out hundreds of trees. Um, and for those people that um, have already been up here, they've seen it. The, the change is dramatic on some of the holes. You stand there and you're not sure where to go. Um, just <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, like after we're done with the show tonight, right? Yeah, where, where, yeah, where? I know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it's it's pretty neat. Um, you know, some people are confused when they get up a little bit because of the you know we've got a we're going in we're working on the areas where we took the trees out. You know the you know, as far as grading and seeding some fescue in there and everything else. So it's, uh, you know, next year at this time, it'll be drastically different than it is today. But it's it's so funny. I was talking to a guy who goes, you know, I hit into this area and it was very difficult because, you know, there was, I couldn't hit a shot because, um, you know, there, there, there wasn't grass there. And I go, well, you wouldn't hit a shot before. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, there was trees there. <laughs> I go, he goes, actually, I did get it on the green from over there. <laughs> well, there you have it. I know. Uh, uh, Jamie, got to get you up here because you would fit right in. Well, I was going to ask him, without the trees, is it a little more forgiving then, so you know, in the fairways? So it is. So that, that course is, and, and a lot of the courses here, we, you know, we think one of the worst things that can happen is you hit a nice drive and it hits and stops. <laughs> so we like, there. Yeah, we like, to keep, we like to keep our stuff, you know, firm and fast. And, uh, and that course in particular. Um, so um, it, it's interesting for those people who really, really, you know, can move the ball around, you can take advantage of some stuff. There's, there's a couple par fours that will come into play that are drivable, but um, what's interesting about it is um, when you stand at the, at the first tee, you can, you can see about 14 holes all at once, um, which is a neat view, and you can it's really awesome. see the roll of the terrain. And, um, and, and we think this is going to, uh, you know, take this course to another level. So, yes, it can get easier, but it also, you know, people have a tendency to, to, to take chances on a golf course that they probably shouldn't because their skill set doesn't uh, warrant that. When you are at the helm of such a successful golf slash ski venue. How do you determine the priority list for changes that you want to make? <laughs> There's uh, we lock ourselves in a room and we get like <laughs> weapons and we argue about it. Um, I, I'd like to say it was more sophisticated than that, but no, it's, um, you know, first off, you know, first and foremost, we have an incredibly supportive ownership group and, um, very important. Yeah, and the guys that, that, that I work for, and specifically the, the guy I, I report to, a guy named John Bates, um, you know, uh, in, in incredibly supportive of what we do here. You know, our owners have been very generous, um, and we present different things throughout the year, and, and they trust what we do, and so far we've, you know, we've been successful, and, 
and we expect to, that you know all that to continue. So it's we look at things balancing. You know, obviously safety and security of our guests is number one. Certainly. But then, you know, we go into aesthetics and return on investments and new amenities and different things like that. Jamie, here's something to end with. Very scary. Uh, a few years ago, I made a wager with my good friend, Barry Owens, involving Johnny Manziel. Here's the bottom line. I am going to run treetops for a day. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to happen, though. It's going to happen during your golf trip. <laughs> oh, the ladies' golf trip. Oh, man. We're going to have so many complaints for you. It, it is going to be epic. Let me just say that. So I have two friends out there that are list- that listen to the first part, Jamie. Their names are Paul and Kevin, and they have volunteered to come up and caddy for your group when you come up in the fall. You guys would love oh. us. We are fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, Barry, thank you very much for the hospitality, as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, my cousin Annie. Uh, her husband John is here. You never know who you're going to run into in tree at Treetops. Cousin, love you. Uh, Jamie, always uh, a pleasure, my friend. We'll do it again next week. See you then. You betcha. Nikki, thank you very much. Ray Templin, thanks for the hard work. Blake, back at the Golden Tower. And uh, thank you, one and all, as always, for listening to the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR.